What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 361. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. And as always, I'm joined by Ron and Johnny Haircut. I noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> And you would like too that. notice that if you followed us on the YouTube channel. See, you I go. just want to throw that out there as a little little yeah. carrot for everybody who wants to see John with a haircut. It's uh, It's up on the YouTube. You can listen to last week's episode and compare it to this week's episode and say, whoa. Yeah, you got some haircut there, John. A yeah, lot, a of, lot of it. Oh hell yeah, a lot, a lot of floor at ten pots. You're looking good, though, friend. You're looking good. You know, it's one of those times where they took more off than I thought, and I've grown to like it as the days have gone by since I got the cut. But there's always that it, first thought where yeah, you're like, yeah, they yeah. took away my safety, they took away my shield. Uh, <laughs> no, it looks, it looks, it looks really good. I'm going to oh, tell thanks. you right now. Thanks. Well, my mom's going to love it. We're visiting home in a couple of weeks, so that was the idea behind it. Is like just that's great. Oh, okay. Get, get the haircut in advance, so it's you know that that at three weeks after the haircut is always when it's oh, what a sweet least, spot that yeah, is. At least for me, it is the way I get my yeah, hands. yeah, yeah. I'm right around that two three week mark, and it's just yeah. like the perfect length. It's got no, the it thickness is. back. Yeah, it's it's there. It's just shaggy enough. It's doing mm. its own thing, but it's not crazy yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very considerate of you to get that ready for mom. In the yes, business. it is right. Oh yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, today's episode, we're obviously going to do our required viewing, which my pick last week was uh, 2009's Avatar, just in light of Avatar, the way of water coming out the day this podcast comes out. But unfortunately, none of us have seen that. So I chose it as my pick for required viewing. And we'll get into that in a moment. But I think we may have just like talked about this last week, may even been off uh, off the camera, off recording before we recorded last week's episode because stuff started coming out about just this massive mashup, mix up overhaul reset whatever whatever you want to call it but the the whole james gunn peter saffron taking over the dc films piece and you know what their plan was going forward a lot of stuff started coming out last week and a lot of the trades relating to wonder woman and aquaman and like what their plans were and then this week even more came out relating to superman and henry cavill specifically and um their plans uh or no plan to use him uh anymore as superman but yeah, so I figured, you know, we were talking about what to kind of go over at the top of the show and just kind of an overall conversation of the craziness right now around Warner Brothers, DCEU, DCU, what DCEU has left, what, you know, <laughs> why does that matter if it's all being reset, you know, but um, I don't know where you guys at on this. What are you feeling? What What's your read on this? Ronald? I'm sad. I'm sad, man. Um, about the Cavill part of it? I think all of it. I think because I, I just changed ch the change of it just feels weird. I think because it had to happen. I mean, you know, new people coming in, they have to make some right. changes. And so, you know, seeing that the the Superman that I've come to know as Superman is not going to be Superman. And he's he's skewing a little younger for the story. And um, that's why he can't cast Henry Cavill and the statement that Henry Cavill put that out. That old piece of shit, Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, so, he's up there, man. <laughs> so it's super weird, man. Like, you know, uh, a couple news outlets kind of give this impression that Henry Cavill has a reputation in Hollywood as being kind of an asshole. You know, it's, it's Henry I've heard Cavill. It. Henry Cavill. I've heard it more than once. Wow. I've heard I've read many accounts of the opposite. That's no, I've heard he's heard he's kind of an asshole um, and kind of difficult to deal with. And I don't know if any of that's true. It might not be true. 
Um, but he's aligning himself with The Rock and The Rock's wife. And it feels strange because like it was feeling like that was the direction of the it was Black Adam and Superman. That was gonna be the next but big I mean rivalry. the only reason we thought that was the direction was because The Rock was out saying right. that, you know. Exactly. And knowing yeah, that he yeah. knowing that he and Henry Cavill have the same management and that it's The Rock's wife, like to me really changes my feelings about that whole that whole cycle of the story, which was yeah. the rock bringing Henry Cavill in. Now it feels like it's somebody who wanted their 10% or whatever it would be to be, you know, oh, no. higher or you're whatever. So you're saying he like, he's like, so I'm a mafia Don to just, hey, buddy, if you don't want your legs broken, you know, you give us your 10%. <laughs> Do you well, think that's what it's like the mafia. You know how the midway into the mafia movie, there's always the the guy who comes in and thinks he's got the drop on the big Don, but actually doesn't. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. And it's really weird to see the rock kind of play himself like that, frankly. But I mean, I think it's that kind of negotiating in the press that happens. And now yeah. that, it, I mean, it just makes sense to me that it was a concerted effort to bring Henry Cavill back in for various reasons. Yeah. There's people out there acting like the rock is the guy who knows what needs to happen in the DC universe. There's people out there saying they're going to boycott yeah. the DCEU. There's people saying that James Gunn should be fired. There's people saying they're not even going to see the guardians movie that comes out in May because they don't like James Gunn. Good I think job. the, 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 Get out of here. the, the crazy reactions to this, if you look at Twitter, there's a hashtag fire James Gunn. I mean, if you really just want to take a little trip down in Sanity Lane. Look at some of these people who act like they've already seen these movies and know what the plan is. I mean, I guess I'm with you, Ronald. I'm sad to see particularly Henry Cavill go. But yeah, in the yeah, back I'm of my mind, sad. I'm like, uh, okay, if if Peter Safran and James Gunn are the guys that a couple of weeks ago, I was excited to hear they're coming in. I'm not going to suddenly balk now that they seem to have some sign of a plan. But yeah. I, I agree that the Henry Cavill piece is weird because he just went public saying and did a whole round of interviews talking about how he's back in the MCU. I mean, uh, back yeah. in the DCU. Who knows? Maybe that was a Freudian slip. He might be headed to the MCU. Um, it just feels uncomfortable for him personally. Yeah. Well, the last thing I was going to say is one thing that we have to understand, even in the space they were in, is if you're hearing about the news, it's probably happened already mm -hmm. and been in development for quite some time. Right. So like the idea that he's a, he has a slate coming at the beginning of the year is not because it, it, he went into the office two weeks ago. Chuck some papers at them. It's like, hey, I have a fucking crazy idea. We should put this in. You know, I don't think that happened. I think this no. is maybe closer to a year in in the making, and we're hearing the the tail end of it. I don't think that we had any idea that this was happening because it happened already. Well, you know, they we're hearing, when they, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I don't, I don't. Think you don't think so? A, I, no way. I don't think this is a year in the making, only because, like, they literally shot the stuff for Black Adam in like September. You know, with him, like he was never supposed to yeah. be a part of that movie. Like, I think that was a whole. Thing oh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I think I'm referring to more of the James Gunn and Peter Safran part. I meant to talk. That's what well, I like, meant. Like, like what? What? Like them coming on board? Them coming on board. And so, well, yeah, that, that that may be that, the case. Oh, the, I mean, the other stuff I'm not I don't know anything about. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, that, I think that, that may, was very last minute. That may have been long in the game, but I, I mean, it may have been it, shot on an iPhone. It just, speak, you know, it, it just speaks to like how there's just like this complete confusion and what's going on with Warner yeah, yeah, Warner yeah, Discovery sure. in DC. Like, there's sure. just all this back and I mean, even if you go back and look at like what's going on with Batgirl, what's going on with Blue Beetle was streaming now it's theatrical. You know, 
all the stuff with Ezra Miller and then the Flash movie, like Jason Momoa, maybe not being Aquaman anymore. It's just there's there's I'm sure some of those conversations have been had about like what's the path forward, and especially in terms of James Gunn coming on. Yeah, but yeah. they didn't just I don't I agree. I don't think they just hired him. I think that he yeah. probably presented some sort of idea of what mm-hmm. is I what his plan or their plan would be. But I think it's just like this is just another notch in the belt of like how unorganized and lack of planning DC has. And they've had that all along, you know, like I feel like all the Zack Snyder stuff, you know, leaving Justice League being taken over, Justice League coming back out is Zack Snyder. Like there's just so many like cooks in the kitchen, it feels like in terms of what is happening, because you never get a consistent message in terms of like what the actual plan is. And even like like thinking about the whole Cavill being in Black Adam, like that was there was no intent to ever do that, and that happens because The Rock probably doesn't think that the that you know the movie's tracking as well as it should be, mm-hmm. and you know even with Henry Cavill's appearance and you know the buzz it generated and people wanting to see that movie simply to see that stinger, the movie still you know depending on who you believe is going to lose money, you know, and that that is a whole separate conversation about like how. Now, like they're saying the rocks, like people have have leaked those financial sheets to variety that to try to make it look like Black Adam's making money. Jesus the rocks, Christ, the man. rocks hand in all this is like really disgusting to me personally. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of I'm kind of sick of the rock at this point. It's very cringe inducing. If it's, inducing, that if, whole if part it's of real, it. I'll say if it's real, it's it's the worst. Tampering. It's yeah, it's the if it's if it's true, right? It's the worst tampering I've ever seen in a in a movie, and 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 implicating other people in things like yeah. And just, Henry Cavill's career is affected now. Yeah, he, yeah. Look, man, this this guy quit his job. Even even it doesn't matter who he was as a person. Uh, he had a job. He quit his job because he was promised the idea of another. Another, and now right. he's like in the shit in a shitty situation because like. Yeah. Witcher's been recasted. Yeah. And they're not going to have a job. Like DC. Netflix isn't going to scared rabbit on the other side. And, oh, no. we're going to fire him and bring it. They're not going to do that. They're not going to no. jump like that. Um, no. But also, I mean, there was talk that he might have been breaking from that, from the creative team in, in terms of the direction of the show. But I do okay. find it doubtful that he would have left in the way that he did if, uh, I didn't think he was coming back to do the Superman thing. I do. I was half joking before about Marvel snapping him up for something. A lot of people are saying uh, uh, Captain Britain is a character that and I can confirm as a fan of that character in the comics. Just about the only thing that's wrong is the hair color, but I can get over that. Um, He would be great. Um, You know, there is some Ronald, you talking about him being an asshole. There is some of that. I don't know if you've heard about this. James Gunn has a sort of no asshole policy on his movies. Like if he hears stories about someone being difficult or having some baggage in that way, he doesn't want to work with them. And I'm not saying that's it because they've said they might want to do more with him in the future. It's not even clear if they just mean for this movie that they're doing now, they need a younger actor. They didn't even say he couldn't play an older Superman at some point, but I feel like they're just like, the fact that they're not announcing more than they have to is a sign that even though it is maybe something that's been in the works and supposedly James Gunn, when he came over to do Suicide Squad, when Marvel fired him the first time, <laughs> um, supposedly they wanted him to do a Superman movie. That's just something I read. So I don't know if he's been yeah. toying with this idea. It's possible he's been kicking this version of a Superman movie around for a long time, though. I don't think James right. Gunn is taking it lightly. I think all the DC fans that no. are sad because of the Henry Cavill part of it might want to wait and see what James Gunn has in store, because some part of me believes he's going to at least try to hit that spot that people have been saying they want 
um, yeah. which is Superman, the hero, Superman trying to do the right thing, you know, Superman, the, 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 the golden boy, so to speak. So I, until we see what's going on with it, I'm not going to pass judgment at all. But I do think that, that if there is some behind the scenes reason and Henry Cavill has some, there's some scuttlebutt, there's some kind of grooming scandal. I keep seeing references to some unsavory stuff that I haven't really dug into. So I don't want to speak to it too much, but if, if there is some kind of he's difficult to work with part of it. That could be a reason why um, there's a soft firing that's happening over there with James Gunn and Peter yeah. Safran, who aren't going to say he's an asshole to the press, but they might, they might distance themselves, you know, from baggage they don't want as they go forward. They're, they're making a 10 year yeah. plan. If, if we, if we, if we just say that's not true, right. Right. That's, that might not be not. true. Yeah. Right. Let's just assume it's I'm, not I'm, true. I'm probably wrong to bring any of that up. I am. Yeah, it's because I've heard some stuff too, but that, I say that's not true. Let's close that chapter. Right. I think The Rock, I've I've told you this 100, I've, you could track me years ago. He's an asshole, man. We know the asshole. We know the real asshole in the situation. The Rock. That's the real asshole. I don't know how far it's gone. I don't know. I think he took some of that alpha energy into the boardroom, and I don't know how much that flies. In a group full of people who just want you to make good stuff. I think he, yeah, I think he's really scratching and clawing even still at not letting it be seen as a, yeah. as a disappointment right? As, as a film and also just his involvement in a franchise like this, because, yeah, you know, sure. they can, they can spin it however they want, but there's no mark left by Black Adam as a film or a character. Mm -mm. Uh, and I'd oh, be shocked no. if they do a sequel to this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I yeah. really, really, that's the article that's going to come out is where James Gunn and Peter Saffron are like, we're not doing anything with Black Adam at this time. Yeah. Because like, that's the, that, that's the L for The Rock. That's the loss. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't take those lightly. He's a pretty poor sport, as we've seen before in media, yeah. in, in social media. But like, that's really the interesting piece for me, because I can't see a place for Black Adam in any of this if it's all being reset. Yeah. There's no, especially, and you know what would burn his ass is if, if, if even trying to include Cavill in the stinger is what makes them not do it. Yeah. You know, not yes. be allowed to do it because the rest yes. of it is pretty ambiguous in terms of who they're flying to, except for Amanda Waller's presence. But I mean, and, and Hargrove, but I mean, I think it's just like the whole, I don't know what, what just keeps hitting me and we can move on in a, yeah. in a bit. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I am just completely in awe and just dazed by like how much of a clusterfuck the whole thing is. Yeah. Like, like even the Patty Jenkins shit, like her releasing a statement, James Gunn replying to reporters on Twitter that are posting shit that's inaccurate. Like just the vibe around this whole transition when you've got to believe the intent of this is to reset this shit. There's yeah. no reason to continue going when they've been trying to basically sink their own ship for a few years now. And, you know, they've got four movies left that are really kind of still a part of all this, unless they figure out a way to, I don't know, make Blue Beetle or, you know, maybe use the Flash in some way to kind of, you know, basically get rid of it all. But like, I I'm just like in awe every day when I see these things trending about this universe that so never really took off. Right. I have a question for you guys related to that. We have four movies that are kind of going to serve as a funeral for this, the remnants of this thing. Yeah. Do you think they should release these theatrically? Do you think yes. they should? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. 100%.
and they would never not because yeah they would never not because of what they did with like Batgirl and you know where where the money's at right now you know what I mean the only one maybe James Wan and Jason Momoa doing another Aquaman movie is is going to be some kind of a box office home run I mean theoretically that could be a huge movie um where Aquaman made a billion dollars yeah not because the DCEU was so healthy right, either, exactly. but because people right. like Jason Momoa and the style right. of the film felt right. good. You so know, I think, the, I think the thing that's interesting, and we've kind of tiptoed around this, and I guess we should mention it since I since I besmirched Henry Cavill's character without much information. <clears throat> uh, uh, Ezra Miller, they are someone who there's been a lot of negative press about, and there's been a lot of call to fire that, reset that role. I've seen people saying, I can't believe they fired Henry Cavill, but they didn't fire Ezra Miller. And I'm thinking, like, do people not realize the difference between a movie that hasn't even been written yet? Yeah, and a right. movie that's in the can that they've been trying to fix. I'm very yeah. curious about where they go. The Flash still, I mean, it's that interesting that out. that one hasn't been kiboshed. Though. The ones that haven't been kiboshed are the ones that I think, whether it's a funeral or not, Ronald, it's an interesting little pocket of movies because how do you market something that's like, this is the end of the saga, but there is no real end to the saga because these movies weren't conceived with that in mind. I wonder if they're going to backdoor in something into Flashpoint that feels like, as Steve said, a way to indicate there's a reset happening. So that then if we, if we wake up and it's, oh, it's a new DC universe and, oh, Jason Momoa is still here and Gal Gadot is still, or whatever is going to be going on that we just don't know yet. Or if they wipe that board clean, I'm just saying, I think that that's the thing that maybe Flashpoint is going to do that we yeah. haven't imagined yet is like give them an, a creative out that does feel like an ending to something. Because otherwise that movie seems like the craziest, most jeopardized one, because I've heard so many differing things about what's actually in that. Ben Affleck was touted as coming back to play Batman and supposedly he's in the movie for a few lines or something like that. I don't know. I just think there's it it all reeks of mishandling, kind of what you were saying, Steve. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, crazy. it's like, you, hey, it's, it's like a Star Wars uh, fans totally. are like, are like oh man, this thing. this saga's a mess. And then DC is a total hold my beer situation oh, there, dear. you know? <laughs> yes, it is a shit show. I mean, I think it, it feels like Flash is like, is really the movie, their highest one, which is the irony of it all, because it's yeah. probably their biggest problem. Yeah. You know, in terms of the testing for that movie has been like through the roof. And and I and I it, I believe it's probably a good movie because I you know I, I I've read a lot about what it's about that that they know and you know I like Andy Machete and uh, it could be a cool movie yeah. and but it's just such a weird positioning to be like you know you have yeah these four movies and and they're not even I don't think in the right sequence I think Flash is coming out before Aquaman. Right. So it's like, even if it does re- reset, like it's like this standalone and, you know, you whatever, even if it does, you just go to the movies. Maybe you'll enjoy these movies They're just entertainment. You know, like you, you, it doesn't need to be a part of it, you know, to, to yeah. enjoy it. But I mean, there's no there's no doubt that there's 100 percent intent to just completely reboot the whole thing, like mm-hmm. start it over and do it the groundwork, like do the groundwork that they didn't do it the first time. They jumped the gun real early, and they have been backtracking they, ever since. They would you say the that gun? they jumped the James the James <laughs> yeah. guy? You, you could say so. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be that would be accurate. It, oh, okay, I'll talk about that later. All right, All right. let's 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 move switch. on. Yeah, yeah. to um, um the the movie that Steve to another said, James, another yeah, James. another James. Well, you know, yeah. I um I thought you said this was a James Cameron movie, but I when, when you said Avatar, I went and I looked for the movie Tar, and I found it, and it's directed oh, okay. Todd by Fields. Todd yeah. Field. And um, I was I expected there to be more blue cat people in it, frankly, but um, no maybe mo- I just no, 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 no mo cap, 
I just remembered it wrong. No, but yeah, Avatar, maybe explain. I liked your thinking behind why we should rewatch this one, Steve. I mean, it is, there's a new one coming out, but this is a movie that we've yeah. probably mentioned over the years, um, but not really revisited. At least that was my, that was what my feeling was. I had really not watched this movie from the beginning to the end in 10 years or something like that. So. Yeah, easily. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've watched the movie outside of seeing it theatrically the, the weekend it opened in 2009. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it since. And I mean, it, it kind of has a, a bit of a reputation like that where, you know, it's like, you know, the biggest movie of all time, gross wise, even, you know, recently after Endgame came out, recapturing that top spot due to the re-release. But it's got this reputation for like being the largest movie or the highest grossing, grossing movie of all time to really have or, or seemingly have very little like cultural impact, you know, mm -hmm. lasting at least cultural impact where, you know, you see the remnants of the merchandise or the remnants of scenes from the movie, you know, lines, quotable, like any kind of like lasting impact on the culture, like movies that have come and gone do in spades. You know, like I just feel like Avatar has always been something to me where I recalled when I saw it, like, yeah, I liked it. I thought the visual stuff was really, really exciting and fun for the time to think, you know, 13 years ago for what it was doing. It was pretty impressive, especially what it was doing at the time, the push 3D and all that good stuff. Um. And I say good stuff from their point of view. I'm not really a huge yeah. fan of 3D. But I mean, I just think that it's really interesting to think about the time it's taken to make the sequel. And they've already, from listening to him recently, it, it seems like they've already got like the third one pretty much shot and half of the fourth one shot. And it's just, it does it does seem like an interesting time for, uh, we always talk about IP and what Disney's doing right now. And where Disney's at as a company. And this is a movie that at the end of a year right now, where there's really little coming out for months, could have really strong legs. Oh, yeah. Could do the, sim the same thing that the one did 13 years ago to become the biggest movie of all time. Because that movie didn't go away for like three and a half months. Right. You know, and it made more money weekend over weekend than the one prior. And it was just one of those kind of juggernauts. So it always stands out to me in conversations with people that I talk to that are friends of mine that are big movie buffs. And even just people that just see the big things. Avatar never comes up in a conversation, never. whether it's like, what's your favorite movie or what's like the best theatrical experience or like top tens or things like that. It just it, it feels to me like it had a bubble in that 10 month period around it, like, you know, in terms of Academy nomination, all that stuff. And then after that, it just went away. It just disappeared. And there's been this dis discussion over it over 13 years about five, six, seven movies coming out. Right. And now here we do. We, here we are. We finally have one coming out. And I and I sit back and say, okay, I haven't watched it in 13 years. The biggest movie of all time. So yeah, yeah let's all watch it together. That was the idea. But, but by one of the big directors whose sure. work regularly gets dragged out and re-talked about and, re, you know, like Terminator 2, for instance, or 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 um, <clears throat> Titanic have Titanic, much, yeah. much bigger shadows with regards to the specific references. I wonder if it's because the achievement is such a technical achievement. I mean, it is unquestionable. That's true. A technical achievement, though. I mean, you watch this movie, it is unquestionably they worked on getting that part right, you know? Yeah, yeah. We've seen so much CGI since then that kind of drafts on the technology maybe developed for this movie and movies like it, but that is Im Im implemented in a much less careful way. Right. <laughs> much less careful way. So I think that there is something about maybe that makes it less of a conversation piece as time goes by, because you can say, right. oh, wow, this movie kind of blew people's minds based on how it looked, but almost nothing else about it 
is on that level. You know what I mean? Totally. The visuals yep. and the design and the and the pacing and the even the staging of some of the action scenes is just immaculate. And your eyes pop out of your head, but the characters, the story, the dialogue, it feels very predictable, very rote. Um, and I mean, it gets by on some originality, some, some, some aspect of it feels fresh just because it isn't one of these other franchises that we've just finished talking about how fatigued we are yeah. by them. And something about James Cameron being a guy who's trying to make a real movie and not think of his movies as product, even though he's just, I mean, he's such a funny, pompous nerd about how his stuff is so different when it's really not, but it is different in that way, in that he's trying to, he's trying to push the whole medium forward in some strange way when he makes a movie. So it, I, you know, I think that might be wise that it's, there's not much to say beyond, oh, wow, it looked really cool. That, that, that shot was really cool that you know um there's there's not a whole lot to the story or the characters that sticks to your ribs uh, right. conversely with some of these other properties that have characters that people love and actors that people love that don't necessarily try to do something so technically special i mean we've just been recently talking about how star wars has largely forgotten how to try to blow your mind with what it can show you the way it used to um right. and the marvel movies have always had you know, a range of visual effects, sometimes just serviceable to get the story told. It's not about wowing you with what they can do. And James Cameron is always trying to do that. So, yeah. You know. And that aspect of the movie still held up. I don't know how, what systems you guys watched it on. I know you have a pretty nice home system, Ronald. Did you feel like uh, Avatar, um, you know, was one of those that kind of lets you show off uh, the home theater experience? I have a very unique version of Avatar um, as a group that I deal with online that, that kind of upscales and remasters things like adds HDR to stuff. And I have a, a 4k copy of avatar. That's like pristine. Like I, I got to show you guys one day when you come over. So um, same, same audio 5.1. Great. Now, one thing I will say is there's an argument that I've always disliked about the avatar thing is like that. It's Pocahontas meets when Fern Gully. Ferngully. Yeah. When when and here's, dances with wolves. Here, here's my counter argument. 50% of the IP that comes out is based on something that already came out already. So like I but it bothers me that like that's like sure. I mean, you can pull that from anything. Like right, I right. can say that this is based on a this is a re yeah, like, like what's remix. actually original now. You can make yeah, anything sound yeah, dumb right. if you want to by comparing yeah, it to something like for, that. For sure, for sure. And yeah. that's always bothered me about Avatar. Now Full transparency, I literally watched Avatar like a week before you said it <laughs> because I want to get prepared. And then I rewatched right. it again. And I have to tell you that Avatar is not nearly as bad as I thought it was in my head. Like when I saw it, I was like, this is an achievement, right? But then I, I kind of was like, why did it get lost in the zeitgeist? And I think some of it has to do with like where it was readily available. Like, there are some movies that are always available everywhere. So, like, you know, if it was available on on Netflix, I feel like more people would be able to say, hey, what the fuck happened to Avatar? Have, let me rewatch it. It's been a while. It, it was never on anything like that. Right. Um, it was never on Hulu or anything. I never saw it on Hulu. Disney Plus picked it up. And that was, like, it was very recent. Like, it was within the last couple of years. So, like, it wasn't readily available on the streamer. So, it kind of feels, I feel like... Things live on through, you know, their watchability, uh, rewatchability. And some of that literally sometimes has to do with where it's available. And Avatar was not about there were times during this 13 years that you speak of that I was literally trying to find it on like just like a streaming thing. I know it would come on TNT. 
you know, come on like T- TNT and TBS, but like streamers, right? I, w- I it was lost. That that is my shitty explanation <clears throat> for why it may have been may have kind of disappeared from the conversation. Availability, right? But the movie itself is fun. You know, it's 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 a popcorn movie. It it has a lot of cool messages about the way we treat the earth and that stuff is kind of on the surface, but it, it had to be said. The fact that somebody like James Cameron was trying to say something like this 13 years ago, hey, don't fuck up the environment. Be kind to people. Don't mistreat the natives. Be kind to them. Maybe this whole thing about taking over environments and you know, adding something to society and giving people languages and giving people culture is bullshit. Right. The fact that he had that stance for like a $200 million movie is fucking crazy to me or hundred million, whatever it was at the time. So overall, not a perfect movie, but it was fucking fun and beautiful. And, and it still gets me kind of like worked up when I think about when, Jake Sully can first walk after not being able to walk, and you know, mm-hmm. he's like walking in an avatar body. <laughs> it's yeah. something really cool, and he just like that. takes off running. Yeah, <laughs> takes off running. Um, yeah, I mean that's a cool scene. The yeah. way Sorgoni Weaver kind of mothers, it becomes his like m- surrogate mother. Like things I totally forgot about when I first saw the movie. Um, also I, in that I, bucket, I totally forgot that Giovanni Ribisi was even in this movie. Yes. <laughs> I totally Giov- Giovanni Ribisi, our subtlest thespian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's always he's always fun. You know, I think that like I think that when you it's such an odd <laughs> thing because I think I don't know if I disagree with you, anything you said, Ronald. I'm I don't think I'm as rosy on it as you, but I kind of would want to say there's really nothing wrong with this movie. It just and that message, it connects. It's yeah. just that, like, James Cameron, there's a secret about James Cameron. I think we've talked about this before. There's a secret about him that people don't really talk about. The dude is corny as fuck. He, yeah. He's corny. Like, when it's his script so and his words and his screenplay, he's corny. He's not doing, like, the Spielberg thing of finding, like, a great playwright to go write a script for him or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. And maybe there's a reason, like, maybe there's a down-the-middleness, there's a hit-in-the-bullseye thing that James Cameron knows how to do that is sometimes... Not that exciting to me to think about or to, to, right. to even to watch, <clears throat> right. but it's so accomplished and it is so carefully done. And I was real. I mean, again, having seen all these things where I've, I mean, I don't want to just repeat what I just said, but I really did find myself thinking like, you know, this is the perfect time for me to rewatch this movie because we are sort of, <clears throat> sort of at the end of our rope with the familiarity of these sagas we've been watching where the yeah. storytelling is not always on point. And there's one thing about these movies. And I mean, and you know, I've got tickets to see avatar way of water on Sunday morning. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, there is a part of me that's like, oh, I still don't know if I want three hours and 10 minutes of this in a theater. <laughs> it sounds like in, it's crazy. And every it's review crazy. I've read has made it. And I haven't read a lot, but just like little passing references. It sounds like the same movie to me. It sounds like people are saying, Technically immaculate, beautiful visuals, uh, beautiful imagination, <laughs> uh, clunky script, obvious characters, predictable story. But I mean, it's the same people that are giving it high marks for the spectacle. And I've seen plenty of critics. Who, you know, people always act like critics don't want to give a popcorn movie credit, but critics will yeah. say in an interview, I mean, in a review where they're where they're talking about 
how predictable something is, they'll also talk about how they enjoyed every minute of it despite that, you know? So yeah, I think yeah. this is what you kind of know what to expect from this. Um, the one thing I'm excited to see is how it might expand the world and the creatures that we see. I think the, the real problem for me with the Avatar movies, and it will always be a problem, and it's just something I have to get over <laughs> to watch these movies, is I just don't like the design of the Navi. I don't like to look yeah. at them. Yeah. I don't like their the, their facial design. I don't like- You like their, their stupid faces, John. There is, I hate to say that. Stupid faces. Someone out there listening has a face like a Navi and they're saying- It's based oh on someone and yeah. you just attack them. Right. But there's just something like they need to be more alien or something for me or right, just right. have the ears and a less- There's something goofy and it, if I look at their faces too long, I can't take them too seriously. <laughs> I, all the other creature designs I think are really cool to look at. I mean, all the monsters and yeah. wildlife. Yeah. And like you said, Ronald, the way it's all connected, I think all that it works for me. So I'm, I know I can get through it. Uh, way of water i'm not going to be coming out of it likely i'm not going to be coming out of it with uh, hatred in my heart but i might be tired uh however i don't know how i mean there's some part of me that's always going to be wowed when someone's putting that kind of imagery on the screen and you right. know like fantasy sci-fi novel cover or sci-fi calendars with paintings on every month you know the idea of seeing that kind of stuff brought to life um has always for me been the appeal of right. what james cameron is doing here so yeah i think the eye candy is going to be on point and it was on point in this and you're right ronald it's it is like the sincerity and the earnestness of what it's trying to do it does it does win out over my problems kind of with the corniness it does work it's functional it's just that by the time it gets to the end just to say what steve said I'm not thinking of a particular character moment or a line that really resonates yeah. with me. I'm thinking about different scenes and different visuals. And the version I watched was actually the um, extended collector's edition, which is close to three hours long. And I think there's more that? Earth stuff at the beginning yeah. of that. Wow. Um, I I felt like having not watched the movie in forever, I appreciated the additional scenes that gave me a little bit more color and a little bit more time with the characters. But um, uh, you know, I kind of watched it in shifts. I decided at a certain point, I'm going to treat this like it's three hours of a TV show. Mm -hmm. So I just, yeah. and it actually worked like where the breaks were. I was like, you know, if Avatar had been a prestige television show, I, I might've enjoyed it more because an hour and then some time to leave it and come back. It felt right. good. Um, right. but no, I mean, you know, I, I think, I don't know if I learned that much new about this movie, but I did confirm some of this, the positives that we've been talking about that it does still pack a wallop visually, even like a shot of a, of a helicarrier, like not a helicarrier, but those, whatever those ships are that have the, the horizontal helicopter blades mm -hmm. on them, yeah. um, or the t one on each side or whatever you call those ships. There's just a shot of one of those landing on a, like a, a, a cliff side at one point. And it's just this beautiful shot where you can feel like the air quality and you can, I don't know. And it's just like, okay, this is what James Cameron does. Well, he, he gets off on showing us that gear and he gets off on showing you weird alien life. And yeah. he does a great job <laughs> with that stuff. So he does. It seems like it seems like there's like a balance in terms of like what he's done. I mean, he, you know, they always say like don't count, like don't bet against him. You know, he's always like you'd be a fool. He's always to count kind him of over, out, yeah. yeah, overcome the expectations, and you know, he's like you know his doubters have have always like kind of been put to shame. But it's just like I think if you look at his filmography, definitely some movies stand out more as having a better balance of like you know the character stuff and and the spectacle. Like the, all of his movies, really, there's a spectacle element to it. You know, whether it's you know, what they did in Titanic in terms of the sets that were built, the tanks that were built, you know, all that stuff or Terminator 2, what they did with Arnold and, you know, what they did with like, you know, making a huge action sequel or even Aliens. It's just like he's always about that scope and spectacle. And um, it just feels like maybe Avatar is just more it's like, you know, goes goes all the way in on the spectacle and maybe leaves some other stuff uh, 
more to be desired, you know, with some of the character and story that some of his other movies actually have a really good quality with, you know, or, mm-hmm. or have good depth to. And I think that's really always been the concern with Avatar. And I think it is really probably why what I said earlier and, you know, we've kind of all touched on it. It's like, I think that's probably why it hasn't had the impact, you know, on culture or the zeitgeist, whatever we're going to call it in the years since, because I do think it has been so kind of promoted and marketed and like what moment it had was that you had to see it in theaters and, you know, and kind of when that moment passed because of the visual, the spectacle element and, you know, yeah, you can watch in your nice home theater at home, but I, I don't think anybody was doing that as much just because like it really did lean so heavily into the theatrical experience and you need to be a part of this moment. You know, kind of like Endgame did, you know, that's kind of what mm-hmm. got it so high up there. It's like you don't want to miss this moment in theaters. And I think with Avatar, it was really the technical achievement that it was. And you really, in most cases, only really experienced that in the theater. So, you know, I don't think it really kind of had the impact uh, on home video or streaming, like Ronald was saying, that a lot of other movies do. And, you know, kind of maintain that reputation or, you know, their relevancy in years that pass um but yeah i mean the rewatch for me i kind of came out feeling the same way uh i did i feel like remembering the first time i saw it i mean i enjoy the movie i mean i just don't find it to be anything special as a movie to me beyond right beyond it just being a good time it looks awesome you know and and i'm really kind of curious to see the sequel and and kind of what what they're able to do to push that visual element i do hope there's more in terms of characters and story in this one that doesn't feel as familiar and maybe it won't because they're kind of past that point of comparison to things like Pocahontas and Ferngully and dance with whatever you want to pick. Um, Cause I, I do kind of feel like it does feel like all those movies. So maybe, yeah. you know, they're in a space where they can kind of have more of an original story and go past that comparison. I hope so. Yeah, me too. Um, but I don't know it's, it's a really fun movie to watch and I watched it with my daughter and, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's just, there's a, there's a lot of wow moments in this movie and, and for that, you can't take anything away from it. I mean, it really did kind of push the envelope in, in many ways for technology at that time. And it and it holds up pretty well, I think. You know, it looks it still looks really good um, watching it on, you know, a nice home video setup. But it still kind of sits in that spot with me. We're like, it's a cool popcorn movie. It's fun to watch. There isn't really anything crazy bad about it at all. Like, it's really not anything I would knock down. But it just sits in that weird space where it's like, this is a fun popcorn movie, but it's a visual achievement. It's a spectacle. And, you know, yeah, that that sure. that it, it, it's it earned that for sure. But um, I'm excited to see the new one. I mean, my anticipation has grown in the, in the past few weeks to see the sequel. Um, I'm very curious to see how it performs. It seems like internationally, it's probably going to do kind of crazy business. Um, domestically, I'm more curious to see how it does, because the sequel kind of has that unique thing where it's still getting like a China release, which a lot of the Marvel movies don't anymore. Um, A lot of movies in general from Hollywood don't anymore, but it managed to secure that. So, you know, I'm sure it's going to do crazy business over there in Asia, China specifically. And I just see how high this movie goes. See how, see what Jim Cameron's cooking this year. But um, yeah, Avatar was a good watch and uh, I'm glad I took the time to do that. And I appreciate you guys doing the same. So what do you guys think of the, um, what's called the Pandora paradox, which is the famous philosophical paradox whereby uh, um, I believe it's Colonel Quaritch um, played by Stephen Lang says that Pandora will, what does he say? Pandora will shit you out dead with zero warning. Isn't he warning you by saying that? And therefore 
Is it not true or is it true? I don't know. It's a philosophical paradox that people have been talking about for 13 years now. 13 years. Yeah. Wow. It's It's deep. What do you think, Ronald? Do you think being shit out dead with a little warning is, is better? Or do you think you'd prefer it to be a surprise? I think I'd want it to be a surprise, honestly, because, you know, what is that going to do for me? How do you prep for that? Yeah. Yeah. If if being shit out alive was an option, I'd take it. But what if I'm in some kind of chewed up, half digested form? I don't think I would like that either. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's the so reason philosophers have been debating it uh, since since uh, twenty oh nine. Now it falls on me to set this yeah. set the path forward. Um, what's what's uh, what do you got, John? From one of the biggest crowd pleasing movies of all time mm-hmm. um, to one of the I won't even say reviled. I don't know if that many people know about this movie or talk about this movie. It came out in nineteen ninety two, I believe. Yes, it was finished in 1989, but didn't get released until 92. That's always a great sign. Sounds good. Um, this movie was called Way Ahead of Its Time, a balls-out satire on the disgraceful layers that can lurk just beneath the surface. This is the anti-Ferris Bueller and fiendishly funny. It's also been called an extremely pretentious, obnoxious horror film that unsuccessfully attempts to introduce kinky sexual elements into extravagant makeup effects. This is the body horror film Society. Um, I've never seen this movie. I've always had it okay. kind of on my why not list. Why have I not? It's right there. Okay. Um, I've never it, heard of this movie. And if we do, if we actually do an episode next week, I realize this movie will be talked about on our Christmas episode. And there's just something that makes me feel really good about that. A kinky, supposedly gross, uh, uh, and not even, you know, critically, it's like you, you heard the the reactions. There's some people that think this movie is, is a spot on satire and other people who think it's nigh unwatchable. So uh, okay. the three of us will find out together, unless one of you's already seen it. You haven't, Ronald. Steve, have you seen no. I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh. And uh, I will forever remember the box art when I worked at the yeah. video store. <laughs> it's like the it's like the blonde pulling the mask off of her yeah. face in the blue. Yeah, with blue dress. It's classic. I mean, the, the box art, at least. I haven't seen it in forever. And I feel like I only ever watched it. Like one of the guys I worked with, we watched it one time and I don't really, I mean, I remember a big chunk of it, but I, yeah, I need to rewatch this. Well, okay. the, log, the log line, Ronald, is a California teen's worst nightmares about his parents come true when he returns home to find a grotesque party in full swing. Right. So, yes. Oh, man. Society. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> cool. You got to find where to watch that. Is it available on the stream? Where are we at? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's on Google Play, it looks like, and okay, Google cool. and YouTube, et cetera. And it's all for okay. like two bucks, two or three bucks. So, yeah, it's a okay, highly cool. touted okay. uh, catalog item. <laughs> cool. <laughs> all right, cool. All right. Great Christmas choice. Um, no, Nothing like an orgy sex cult uh, <laughs> horror movie for uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, All right, cool. So what else have you guys watched? Is there anything you want to kind of run down here at the end of the episode to recommend or not tell people to watch TV, movies, anything, Ron? What do you got? I see some some Uh, thoughts. Saw The Woman King, Perfecto. Very good movie. That's next on my list. Really good movie. It's, I'd say, in the whole genre of war and tribes, it's a better movie than Black Panther. Wakanda forever, like wholeheartedly. I, I stand by that statement. Yeah. All right. And then, hug, sir, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. They, they should have waited uh, for your reaction for that for the poster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just it's like a better, it's a better player. movie than in in the whole thing of the tribe warriors. It's tribe better warrior than Black movies. Panther. 
And Wakanda. Better than both. And then I saw Steve Spielberg's opus. Um, Steve? The Fable. <laughs> Your buddy Steve. Somebody Steve. Steve Your buddy. Spielberg. C- Your Senior buddy. Spielbergo. C- Steve Allen Spielberg. Stevie, I saw boy. Stevie boy. Yeah, I saw Stevie I saw boy. the Fablemans too. How did what did you guys think of that? I haven't watched it yet. Ronald? I came in thinking that this movie was going to be some like doughy bullshit with bright eyed kid that just wanted to be a filmmaker, and it has some some gravitas. It has some fucking grit to it. Like it has mm-hmm. some real. You think you're watching one thing, and then it's like no, no. Uh, it actually is really cool, man. And there's a there's a confrontation that happens at the end of this movie that really moved me. Oh yes. Oh God, man! You're talking about literally like the final scene, almost, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Or, or are you talking yes. about one before that? Because there, there's one the that one. I wouldn't quite call a confrontation, but it's like a meeting that's incredible, and it's just uh, fantastic. Maybe the maybe the confrontation, the one okay. that happened at the school, the school thing. Oh, okay, yes, yes. All that stuff. There, there's several that scenes stuff. that were were great yeah. two hander scenes, but yeah, yeah. But, but like one after the other, these scenes kind of happened. Oh mm-hmm. man, I know what you're talking about. Then okay, so. There's like three scenes that happen. Like Steve Steven Spielberg got kind of heavy handed towards that, and he's like, "Are you gonna cry at this one? Okay, okay. You're not gonna cry at this one. You're not gonna cry at this one. Okay. You have to cry at that last yeah. one. Or, or, like, or feel something. You know, whether it's crying feels, or not. But there's a feels. I mean, Steve, it's the last moment. That almost makes the movie for me, and it's like Steven Spielberg yeah. is a visual stylist uh, par excellence. We know that, you know, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. he has he has been the guy who made the movies. Like whether you love or hate his movies, the guy breathes cinema, and yeah. you know it. And this movie, like Ronald said, you almost think you're going to get like a a, a love a, like a cuddly coming of age story because, and I think it's yeah. almost miss people people talk about him like he's cuddly, but Steven Spielberg is really not that cuddly he just mm-hmm. turns up whatever emotion he's doing and so people remember yeah. maybe the saccharine moments or the the sentimental moments but there's always some heavy shit and some some disturbing yeah. stuff that goes down in a For steven sure. spielberg movie and this movie really gets that like it's both the ugly and the and the beautiful side of like his relationship with his parents and how each one of them contributed to who he is and um i mean if if giovanni Rabisi is our subtlest actor certainly michelle williams is, is our subtlest actress <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's yeah. great, but she pulls some expressions in this that are definitely like this is for the people in the very, 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 very back row of the theater. Yeah, um, but so uh, you stage acting for your ass, man. Yeah, it's definitely, like a lot but, of it. but very good. And I think really it allows Paul Dano to be the subtle one for for the first time in a long time, you know, compared to someone yeah. else. But it's it's just it's an interesting movie. I mean, like it's not the it's not what you might be expecting if you're just picturing, oh, Steven Spielberg's doing a coming of age movie about himself. It's not yeah. like Ronald said, oh, this is the kid who who always had a movie in his heart and this is how he found his muse. It's much more about like, what yeah. does it mean? What does it do to your life when you have a, a gift and a goal? Um, and <clears throat> what kind of path are, are the people around you setting you on or keeping you from if they try to steer you towards or away from your passion, right, you know, right. and and both of his parents have a different angle on kind of his future, and he has to knit something together on his own. And I don't know if you felt Ronald by the time it was at the end. I mean, obviously, this is Sammy Sammy Fableman. Is that his name? Yeah, anyway, little yeah. kid Fableman. Um, I sort of tricked myself into the end and thinking 
I was actually watching footage of young Steven Spielberg. Like it somehow this character embodies yeah. so much of whatever it is I think about Steven Spielberg, his physicality, how he represents himself in a situation, the way he's smart, but he's not really the man of action that maybe every moment needs. He's going to think his way out of something. He's right. going to maybe even get his way out of a situation by bringing people together with his vision. It, it, it's a really, it's a really interesting movie. Um, and I, once we've, once we've seen it and we can talk about it more freely, I, yeah, th those last moments just, I mean, I, it was super powerful to me. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can't was not to expecting to feel like this about this movie. And, and and I think some of it is like, how how can I be connected to this movie? This is about a white kid in the 50s. You know what I mean? Like, how can I? But then, you know, when it gets into it, it really starts to feel like a universal story. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes his movie so special, man. Like, he really does create this thing where you're like, oh, man, like, he went through a lot of shit. And yeah. he he did something with that energy. Like he, he could have taken that energy and become like a super villain or he could take this, this and like use this as like pieces. I mean, it, that really has to do with one of the interactions that he has the, the pieces that he takes from his life to create these moments. Like, I, I guess you could be somebody that's a little more vindictive about your art where you could be like, I hate, you know, my mom. So I'm going to make a bitchy mom in every movie that I make or right. You know, or you can turn this into like what what you know you, is your truth, and there's like something about coming to that in your art that's just—it's not even explicitly said in in the movie, but it's 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 told. Yeah, it's it's shown. It's shown. More than told. Yeah, which is which like is uh, so fucking smart. I mean, man. It's a, like, a visual stylist like Spielberg is going to figure out a way to do that. He's going like, to show right, you. Like, right. So that you're leaving this movie with certain scenes and images, I think, burned into my brain forever. Yes. You know? Yes. They, wow. I mean, I looked on Wiki and there's this like image that they keep showing. It's like a very specific picture of him putting his hand up uh, to a projector. Because like, I'm not going to explain any how it happens, but he's looking at a, a something that he's created for the first time how that comes to be is super interesting but um he knows that that's going to be a thing yeah he knows that in the montage of his life you know 20 years from now that's going to be the thing that they're like you know indiana jones and it's going to be like him showing it putting his hand up to project this in. it's just like you piece of shit steven spielberg you know what you're doing i love you I love you so much, man. It's like, oh, and you remember why you love all the other stuff, right? There's there's one there's one moment in particular that I want to say. Oh, what about this moment? And I don't think it's a spoiler, but I want to let Steve experience this moment uh, and let it be a total surprise. But there's one moment, the mirror, Ronald. Yeah, incredible. Yes, yes, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, right. yeah. There's a mirror, Steve. Steve. Sorry, I hate to spoil. <laughs> see it, see it, yeah. see it, yeah. see it, Steve. I'm gonna buy it. I, I don't know. If I've, I've also so I I, I kind of saw it through ways, but I think I'm gonna actually purchase this movie with my American money. Like whenever it comes out on physical, I'm gonna I'm gonna purchase it. Probably gonna get it digital. I never thought I'd ever say that about this movie. That's good that it surprised you that way. Yeah, buy the shit out of it. Buy the shit out of it. It's probably gonna win Best Picture, right? Ooh, it could. Yeah. It really could. Well, I mean, it, it feels like it feels like it's probably. It's like, it's, I mean, it's unless something up right against now. it feels heavier. You know how they Doctor always go, they always they always Doctor give it to Strange the heavier, is, the heavier movie. Doctor Strange is going to beat the shit out of that movie, right? Get the fuck out of here! 
It's just because they're, they're gonna like push it. They're like pushing it, right? It feels it feels like it feels like it's that we can do a little Oscar episode later, but it feels like it's like I feel like the read is that it's everything everywhere all at once. It has a lot of momentum. <laughs> oh and, and 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 then don't count out, honestly, I don't know where you fall on it, but Elvis is like crazy uh in terms of where its place is right now. But um yeah, but I, I gotta see I gotta see the Fablemans probably see it in the next week or so. Um, what else? Anybody else see anything? Other things I will save because pretty soon we're going to be talking about our best of the year. So I'll, perfect. You know, certain perfect. things can just be surprises. But I, I did like see it. one I like that it. might be on that list. I did too, and I will do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything else you want to mention today, guys? I don't know. We got the society for next week. Mm-hmm. Find it. We're on Watch YouTube. We're on YouTube. Tell TikTok. them about it, Ronald. We're on YouTube. YouTube.com slash movie schmovie podcast. We're on TikTok. Movie schmovie podcast. Movie schmovie. Movie schmovie. Don't stop. Yeah. And that's it. We're getting some momentum. We're getting some feedback. We're on Twitter. So you can interact with us. Sometimes we put tweet. polls up. Thank you, everybody that what? voted on the Candy Did someone Cavill just tweet about poll. us? I thought I heard a tweet. It, it happened. You heard it. Yeah. Heard somebody it. tweeted about us. In the distance, <laughs> twelve people voted in like an hour for this Henry Cavill thing, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's it's good to get the feedback, man. What was the Henry Cavill thing? You posted a question or something? Yeah. So I said that uh, Henry Cavill's <laughs> announced that he's not going to be Superman. How do people feel about it? I don't care. I'm indifferent. I'm angry. I'm devastated. Eight percent said I don't care. Zero percent said I'm indifferent. Thirty-three <laughs> percent said I'm angry and. <laughs> 58% said I'm devastating. So, so what's the difference between not caring and being indifferent? <clears throat> indifferent, I should say. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's the saying. It. You I know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? No, I know what you're saying. There's a person who doesn't care and they're like, I've always wanted, I don't That's, care not to sound so the, harsh. Because sometimes someone says, do, what do you want for dinner? And you want to say, I don't care, but no, in a sweet way. No, no, no. And, uh, it's in, the, indifferent is kind of the sweet way to say, I don't care. It's the performative version. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, when, you know when somebody hurts your feelings and you're like, how do you feel? Like, I don't care. I don't care. Right. That is I don't care. <laughs> that I'm indifferent is truly like not giving a fuck about it. Like I couldn't be bothered, right? Yeah, I could yeah, I don't be. know this man. I'm, I, I'm sorry to this man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know this man. <laughs> Harry Harry Carvile. Who? <laughs> Soup? Carvile? Does he make the ice cream? <laughs> yeah, what? Um. I wanted to add one more thing real quick. I uh, sure. For listeners of the podcast, they know um, how big of a fan I think we all are of uh, Denis Villeneuve's Prisoners. And yeah. uh, it's been trending this week because it, it actually came to Netflix this week. Ah. And it's the also number one movie on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, that, I can believe it's it. F- and yeah. and I see tons of people posting about it, and it makes me so happy. Sad in one part just because it you know never found an audience when it came out. But yeah, yeah. Very happy uh, to hear people learning about this movie, finding it, watching it. But so um, strange, it's man. so happy to see that it's number one movie on Netflix. Uh, I think this movie wow. is a masterpiece. It's currently and, my son's um, favorite movie. He'll occasionally let me know what his favorite movie of all time is. And right now, currently, really? his favorite movie is and, Prisoner. And yeah. I couldn't agree with Henry Moore. It's an all-timer for me, for sure. And I'm doing a rewatch uh, of it. Yeah. It's just, it's just a cool thing. You know, this is it that is. thing that happens on Netflix for movies that you know, or a decade old or whatever, just somehow they get a license to it and they put it up and like, people are like, oh, this movie's amazing. 
And <laughs> I love seeing people post about the movie, talking about Hugh, Jake, and you mentioned Paul Dano earlier with the Fablemans. It made me rem- it reminded me to mention it. Um, but just a fucking phenomenal cast and a movie that is an all timer, and it's on Netflix. Wow. It should be in the top of your queue if you're uh, looking at the movies there. Um, so if you ever wanted to see it and couldn't find it. You have no reason if you have Netflix now because it's right there in 4K. Wow. If you have that plan, it looks great. But so happy to see people talking about this movie. Um, yeah, Prisoners really cool. is finally on Netflix. Um, that's cool to hear that Henry loves it that much. It's yeah. like it's 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 that kind. It's it's just it's perfect. Um, but yeah, mo- you got you got to love Denny. Denny, D- man, Denny Denny's the man. He's 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 batting a thousand, man. Mm-hmm. Um, he really is. Moviesmovie.com is the website. Like Ronald said, hit up the social media platforms, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, especially if you want to see John's haircut today. We've teased it. I'm going to bookend it with a little carrot again. Go to YouTube.com slash Podcast. See John's haircut. He looks phenomenal. Um, And we'll be back next week. Um, If you subscribe to the podcast, please leave a rating. Please leave a star, some kind of share, comment, anything like that just to help get the word out about the show. We'd really appreciate it. Um, We'll see you next week. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.